welcome to the Tech Leaders Talk Show, where we get to speak to those on the forefront of the technology world on a personal level. We dive into their careers, some of the challenges they faced and how they've overcome them. Please help others find the show by rating us on your favorite podcast engine. Today, the powerhouse that is Dipper Lee joins the show. Dipper has 18 plus years in the technology space as well as cybersecurity. She talks to your host Ernst Pauser about the evolution of women in technology, her new book and much, much more. Dipper, I have already started recording. How's your day been? Very good, very good. Busy. Where about are you based? I'm in London. I live uh, just on the outskirts, so uh, not central London, but uh, more on the west side of London. Okay, okay. And what's the weather like at the moment? It's been raining. It's been raining for probably, it feels like, more than a month, more than a month of rain. And I'm, I'm sure this is to do with climate change. I do feel that there is a lot more rain in London in the last month than I've ever seen before. Should you be starting to hit snow and stuff now? It's getting there. It's getting really cold. It's in the last week, I just feel like we need the big coats, you know, the big coat weather's weather started. We're all rugged up to the nines now. Scarves and hats, it's all coming out. <laughs> I gotta admit, I don't miss those days. No, I don't imagine you would if you're from Australia and you're enjoying soaring heat. Right now. It was funny. I was looking at the weather yesterday, uh, last night. I'm not one of those people who follow the weather, but it was a super hot day yesterday. And I looked at the report and I said, yeah, 17 degrees change, you know, downwards change today. I'm like, hmm, you don't often see that big a change. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh... People always talk about British people and they always say, oh, you always talk about the weather. and But the weather changes so much here. It is a topic of conversation. It has to be a conversation we have every day, if not every hour of the day. So uh, it's good if Australians do the same, to be honest. Australia does exactly the same, don't worry. Oh, good. Because uh, if you speak to my husband, who's Australian, he would say, it's, it's always the same in Australia. It's always sunny. It's always sunny there. So we don't really talk about it like you guys do in, in, in the UK. I guess that was one way he won me over, actually, because he said, you don't want to move to Australia here. You've got four seasons. So, uh, you know, enjoy what you have. You can change, you know, every every quarter you can change what you're wearing and enjoy different types of clothing and, and not just stick to one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> excellent. So, excellent. Yeah. Uh, right. So... Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your background, you know, where you're born, how you ended up in UK? Sure. So my parents um, emigrated to U the UK. My dad emigrated around about the 60s as a student, back when the British were needing more people to come and work here and, and generate, you know, you know, young sort of workforce. And he started up a business. Uh, he had a restaurant and became a restauranter. So he owned an Indian restaurant and settled here. He then married my mum and I was born in Bangladesh. And I came to the UK with my mum uh, when I was two years old and then settled in, in the UK ever since and only been back to visit Bangladesh once in my lifetime. But uh, it was very interesting indeed. Do you think you'll go back? To live there, probably not, but to definitely go back there. It's, it is a really interesting place. It's, it's a beautiful place as well. I remember when I was about 12 years old going back there and just thinking it's stunning. It's nothing like what... Uh, 
the the reports that you see in the news which is just floods and and poverty and everything it's it is a beautiful place it's full of natural beauty and very green and very lush and definitely my writing and everything has been inspired a lot by the country and the way its landscape is so i definitely would go back to visit and uh, just because of its natural natural beauty Mm-hmm. At which stage, how did you decide that you want to go into technology? Oh, that's a good question. So when I first started, uh, when I was going through my A-levels, I actually wanted to become a lawyer. So I was going for uh, going into law and I was all, all the grades were, were looking like it's going in the right direction. I was, you know, I had a provisional acceptance from Nottingham Law School. And, you know, so it was all set to go. But just in the middle of my exams, I felt really ill and I couldn't attend a lot of my exams. And unfortunately, I failed two of my exams, which meant that I didn't get accepted into law school. And I remember feeling really devastated about this because... That was what, you know, I'd gunned for, I'd been working really hard for, and I just thought, what am I going to do? You know, education wasn't ever my family's priority for me in the first place. So it was a big sort of had to do a lot of persuasion just to go to uh, school and and go get educated, etc. And now having failed two of my exams, which I needed to, to get in, I was in this situation where I had to really think hard about what my future was going to be. And it was a friend of mine who suggested that I look into computing. He was doing computing at Manchester University and he said to me, why don't you go into computing? And I said, computing? I mean, we're talking 1995 at the moment, you know, so way before email was just sort of becoming something that people talked a little bit about. And there was no such thing as search engines, really, you know, not not as popular anyway yet. So I was saying, I don't know anything about computers. And I don't even know how to type on a computer, never mind whatever you do. And he said, Look, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's um, I'll help you through it. You're, you're going to be fine. It's look, look at the papers. And he slapped in front of me this times broadsheet on and on on another newspaper and he flicked through it and he said look at all of the jobs in computing look how many do you see many in law no there's pages and pages and pages in computing and i said yeah but i i really don't know anything about computing and it's not really it's not going to work i don't i don't think so I, I mean just can't see it and he said look how about you at least look through the courses and see what's available And then think about it, because I I really think that is the future. That is where it's going to be. You know, it's going to the future is going to be about computing. It's going to be about Internet. It's it's going to have it has so much promises. I mean, you can see from the papers that they're looking for people. And I said, uh, okay. So I thought about it, and I spoke to one of my university uh, lecture, lecturers who was uh, looking, you know, for people to to join his degree in computer science. And he said, well, you know, you may not get got the grades for law school, but you've definitely got enough points to go into a computer science related degree. And I said, well, I mean, do you think this is suitable for me? Do you think this would work? You know, and he goes, well, I think this is, you know, you're more than capable. You know, you've got good grades in GCSE. You've got good grades at your A-levels, the ones that you've, you know, were able to do. And I said, let's give it a go then. Let's try it. Let's let's try it. And I started uh, on computer science degree at Sheffield Hallam University. 
And it was amazing because actually I realized there was, yes, it was different. It was completely new alien concepts to me. I, I didn't, I, I remember going into my lecture, the first one was programming. And the first sort of a task we had to do was write a program that said, hello world. And I remember thinking, I don't understand why I'm doing this. I really don't understand it. <laughs> Just why am I writing this? What? Do, how does this become a computer program? But before before long, you know, I was really into it, and I was achieving the grades. I, I was passing the exams. I was, I was doing exceptionally well, and from there, it was just became such an interesting and exciting place to be. I guess the only thing that was a downside was that I was out of 300 students in my school, I was one of only three girls. So we were a minority. But I don't think people, you know, had any misconception that I was incapable or or anything. It it was just seen as, well, you're a girl, I'm a guy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you can do this. And we helped, we exchanged knows we did a work together and it, and it was great and I think it was a really good move in, in my opinion it was one of the best moves I did in terms of career and stability you know now I, I lead a really successful career where it is uh, I, I can balance my family I can you know work remotely I, I've traveled I'm learning lots of new interesting technologies which change all the time and it's it's been really great sort of career path for me, an exciting one, and, it, and definitely never once at all bored me in terms of what I've been learning. You touch on an interesting point about how technology changes all the time. Is is that what's one of sort of the driving forces for you behind technology? I mean, like what keeps you interested, you know, in technology? Absolutely, yes. So technology is always changing. Every program that I've run has always had a completely new, always pushing the limits to what I can do and what I can achieve and what I'm learning from it. And it's never static. You know, there's always something new that's coming up. There's always a new innovation or a new platform or a new technology or a new concept. And you're getting to experience that and, and learn about that. And definitely that is one of the things that really interest me and keeps me on my toes and, and keeps me moving, you know, into pursuing new new adventures and new new areas. Okay. Okay, so you you went to university and did computer science. I know you've got a strong networking background, but now you're in cybersecurity. Talk to us about that transition and some of the roles that helped you transition through that. Sure. So my career when I graduated started at a company called Cisco Systems, who were very big back then. Uh, they were one of the largest technology companies in the world, as well as Microsoft. They, they were probably the second largest. And that career was all technology based. It was networks and, you know, learning, testing and learning new technologies there and, and trying it on their own systems and on their own environments. And that kind of paved the path towards looking at network security. So I went from networks, doing a lot of consultancy around networks, and then moving into network security. And then times were changing. So by about 2006, 2007, you know, the banks were needing to roll out more improved security. Um, Firewall products were coming out, you know, were becoming even more increasingly 
technology driven in, in terms of solution there were an abundance of new systems and and mechanisms for securing your networks and securing your infrastructure and from there there are a lot more projects being rolled out where there were a lot of cloud transformation programs that uh, I was involved in rolling out and it was just this gradual development into cybersecurity so I went from network security solutions looking at deploying those kind of solutions and then moving more into cloud security and then cybersecurity came around I think probably my first sort of rollouts of sort of IPS and looking at broken solutions looking at identity and access management for example started coming around in the last four years I would say I tend to go with the flow and the trends of the market and the demands of the market so my roles tend to be more about looking at how we can bring technology to a business rather than technology driving the business a lot of the time I find in corporates you know you get amazing architects that I'm working with and they're keen to try lots of new technologies and uh, and try and put them into the business or fit them into the business rather than actually looking at how the business will benefit from these type of solutions. So my sort of main objective when I engage with new customers and clients is really looking at, well, why do you need this? And what will they benefit from implementing these type of solutions? A lot of the sort of transition I've made has been because the world is looking at cybersecurity in a a different light. It's it's so becoming more of an essential part of our delivery now that we secure our networks, we secure our infrastructure and IP and, and really make sure that, you know, we're safeguarding all companies' assets, really, and making sure that, you know, we're delivering a, a solution that's not just creating technology for technology's sake, but actually implementing a solution that's actually going to allow a business to continue and build their uh, objectives in a strategic and, and, and an efficient way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I find I find a lot of people who've moved from I'm sure I'm going to upset somebody, yeah. But people who've moved from a networking environment straight through to a cybersecurity environment sometimes have a really good fundamental understanding of how the routing works, where you know, like the underlying protocols work. Where sometimes other way around, they struggle with the networking side of things, which which is quite an interesting concept. You were a CISO for Deutsche Bank, if I understood that correctly? So I worked for a CISO within Deutsche Bank. So I, I was delivering one of their top 50 security rollouts, which was looking at building a cyber brokering system for privileged access. So they were rolling out privileged access there. My role there was to deliver that, you know, for, for their CISO, so reporting to their CISO. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about the roles. What I mean, like that's a quite a big role at that. So, what is sort of the key lessons that you took away from that? So, running change programs like this is not a small feat. We're talking, you know, twenty thousand Windows servers, forty thousand Unix servers, twenty thousand applications. You know that they wanted to secure. And the most important thing is not the technology. In, in my opinion, the technology is. It's important to get it right, to make sure that you're delivering a solution which is fit for purpose and that, you know, it's been tested and it's robust enough to to handle the, the demands that, it, that um, its usage is going to need. What the main thing I think with any new delivery and, and new deployment is how you manage that change. It's the people 
and process aspect of it, which is the most complex, you know, trying to ensure that your your businesses are responding to this, that they are, you know, ready to, to look at this technology, that they've got the capacity as an organization to change, you know, to change in the way that the technology is often demanding them. A lot of communication was required. In fact, you know, we started 18 months ahead of rollout to, to make sure that the company uh, was able to understand what we're asking them to now look at, to now address in terms of securing their, their infrastructure and their assets and their applications. So for me, the most important thing when I come into a new new customers is to ask them this question, are they ready? Are they you know, engaged with the business? Have they checked through their requirements first? Have they looked at what the anal- analysis of their current infrastructure is like? Have they, have they done all these measures first before you start to roll out a new technology? Because the deployment piece, in my opinion, it's a very small part of the big picture. You know, the organization has to be fit and ready and be, be in a position to be able to address how they're going to implement it rather than putting in a solution which is and I see that across a lot of a lot of companies is that they bring on a team of people that you know are skilled in terms of delivering a technology but the the questions that they haven't yet addressed is we haven't really spoken to all these these parts of the business yet that don't know about technology or don't know how to respond to this or even know what our requirements are for delivering it I would always take away these points that start early in the actual business side first and and make sure you've lined up your stakeholders, your support, your key participants that are going to help you understand the business first and understand the requirements first, and then look at the technology that will fit the business, not the other way around. And if you work like that, your investment will be much more uh, be able to deal with deal with the investment and uh, look at how you can uh, actually leverage your investment some of these rollouts are you know in the 10 20 million a year so you you want to make sure that you're doing all of that preparation work ahead of time and making sure that your organization is ready you touched on something that you touched on earlier is about women in technology now, this is going to sound like a very obvious question on the surface of it, but I'd like to understand what people's thinking is. What does it mean to you and why exactly is it important to you? For me, it's not about being a woman. It's more about the fact that being in technology or being uh, in, in any type of role, it shouldn't be about people's perception, you know, or your perception. You know, so even for myself, let's say, you know, I told you my story that I started in technology and it just happened to be quite accidental. You know, but there was a perception there that I wasn't capable or I wasn't, I don't know anything about computers. And it, there perhaps was even the perception that it was a, a very much a male, you know, role or, or an area that men tend to be interested in. And now that I've been involved in technology and IT, I've always seen it as, wow, this is an area that women definitely do we uh, you know they, they're definitely capable of doing and and it's so interesting it has so much to offer in terms of career path increasing your um sort of your roles and responsibilities your work-life balance and all these things i think women could benefit from 
and leverage and and enjoy and and find very rewarding and i'm keen to have that as part of my journey to seeing that success that women should really try this out and give it a go because they're missing out i feel like there's a whole world out there which is not being touched on and i think women are very capable there there's a lot about that women can bring to the table as well in terms of our own characteristics you know women are, are good communicators they they're very tend to be very organized i think those things are valuable in any organization if if you have people of of different sort of characteristics and and coming nurtured in different ways i feel that is a credit to any organization if if you encourage women uh, to to look at these areas and and develop these type of skills i think we'll all benefit i i run a a team you know and it's very male dominated and i know that for them they they're excited that there is more of a gender balance and that and that women are being encouraged to 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 look at this and to them they they can't see why there isn't more women they they think it's actually a benefit to everybody if you know projects are managed you know with a balance of men and women so uh, that's one of the reasons why i i think it's important to promote technology make people aware of it make make people understand that you know this the, the career and a future here that everyone whether you're male or female can enjoy benefit from and and feel valued in So that's one of the areas. The other area, the other reason why I drive it so much is I don't like being a minority. I don't like going into an office full of men and just finding myself being the only woman um talking in the room. I I think I need a bit of I need a bit of girl power in there sometimes, you know, just to just to help me help me fight through some of those arguments, especially uh, when it comes to technology. My husband and I argue a great deal about things just in tech tech we're both techies. and we both came from the same background and i know that you know he can see various differences in how i perceive things to how he would perceive things so for example if i if i speak to men they tend to look at technology in in very much the technical aspects of it like it can do this whereas when i go into a room i'm always looking at it how is it going to benefit the overall business or the objective of the business and i think having that balance actually allows people to actually see different ideas and viewpoints rather than just looking at it from one person's perspective and i think that there is that need to have that balance to have, to be able to think from different people's viewpoints because we all have some very valuable uh, information and and facets to us which actually as a whole become a really good idea or a solution when we work collaboratively it actually benefits everybody it draws a better outcome doesn't it absolutely do you see that changing in the uk at the moment i mean in my 20 years of working in it working in networks and engineering felt that it's it's increased a little bit it's i see perhaps more women in cybersecurity for example than i did in networks and i and i think it is gradually changing you know i'd say before when there was perhaps three women out of 10 people in the room i think that ratio is becoming more like a four or five which is uh in my opinion a significant change 
I still think there's a lot more work to be done. I mean, I, I used to go to schools and, and do talks uh, at girls' schools, encourage girls and even ask the question, well, what is it that makes you not want to go into technology? What is it about technology? What is it about IT that uh, doesn't sort of entice you? And they normally look quite blankly at that, you know, that, that question. Is like, I don't know. I just don't really find it very interesting. So I think there's got to be a lot more marketing at a younger age to give women that sort of understanding that it's not all technical. It is technical in terms of technology, yes, but the roles that you go into are not always that technical. They can be management, they can be project management, they can be looking at you know a full delivery chain. There's lots of aspects of it, which I think is what the misconception is and I think when we look at how we teach at school I think we need to change our approach a little bit as well so it's not just sort of like perhaps maybe you know designed by women thought by women and looked at how girls receive information about technology better you know perhaps that's one way we can encourage rise in 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 women um, joining the, the the technology areas and and uh, those kind of roles. Okay, okay. So you're found the founder of Women in IT Circle. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Yeah, so being the lonely woman in IT, I founded a circle. It's it's part of. I think a lot of people may have heard of Sheryl Sandberg, who is the uh, CEO of, of Facebook. So she started this organization called Lean In, which is a global organization, and it encourages women to join circles. So not just IT, but any circle, and really work together, talk talk to each other, and lift each other up and the idea is is that you, you start a circle for women that may be of the same interest you know it could, it could be gender equality it could be any topic that interests you um, mine was uh, women in IT because I felt like I needed some support in in my area often because to work in technology as a woman and being the only woman I, I, there was a lot of challenges you know first of all when I go to client sites the, the first thing they they used to assume is that I was the secretary or you know an admin person rather than a highly qualified uh, technical consultant and uh, delivering large-scale programs large-scale um, deployments it was often make it very difficult for me to actually carry out my my job or, or my role because there was that initial trust or relationship of, of sort of confidence there in what I can deliver and do. But when I when I delivered it and they realized how well and how often quickly I, I could deliver things, they, they realized that I'd broken a, a huge misconception for them. But on the, on the surface, whilst I was pushing myself to deliver these type of um, rollouts, I found myself increasingly questioning myself or doubting myself and I needed I needed support. It wasn't an area I could really discuss all the time with my male counterparts, but having you know a female like-minded group of women that I can turn to and say, guys, you know I had a really bad day. I there was a guy at work who said something and he did this and he you know and I just felt horrible. I came home feeling terrible, and finding women that understand that despite 
all the work that you carry out and all the great things you do, you need some downtime and you need to be able to talk about it and go, look, yeah, I am, I'm not having a great day today or this isn't just, just not working or why, what can I do to change things, you know, and change my game? Do I need to do something to improve myself? What is it that I'm missing? And creating that group, I found that there were many women that were challenged in the same way. Um, some of them were programmers, developers, There's a lot of women in there that are in leadership roles that often find themselves in the same challenge, facing the same challenges at work. Over the course of four or five years now, perhaps even six years, I found that we've got about 200 women now who, who you know, come regularly to the circles. We discuss many different types of topics, you know, so career, negotiation, looking at communication, looking at professional skills, building on, you know, how we can uh, improve different uh, skill sets. And, it, and it's really helpful. And it's it's made me realize that, look, I'm not the only woman here that's that feels like this. And, you know, it's, it's I'm not the only person that's going through the motions um, in this career. And I think overall, you know, it is the more you talk about things, the more you find that you can overcome the hurdles that you are presented in life. It, it's been beneficial for me and it's been beneficial for the women in that group and that circle. So how do people get involved with that? So Lean In is, they have their own website. You can search for a circle and our circle is women in IT. And if you search for women in IT in, in the Lean In groups, you will find uh, the Lean In Le- London circle. We are also on Facebook. So if you look up uh, women in IT, you can also come across us as well through, through the Facebook uh, page as well and join there. Okay. Uh, the link will also be available in the show notes. Uh, for this podcast obviously you've gone through quite a few challenges you know what would your advice be to yourself 20 year younger self good question so i would say never never give never give up never look back and take a step back and and make sure that you are feel confident in yourself i'd say I'd, i'd say the the biggest thing is not to doubt yourself and if you do have doubts let them pass you by as a moment of doubt rather than this is it this is completely final uh, because your emotions often tie up a lot of tangle you up in a lot of myths about yourself and i think if you just stick to your game and stick to what you really want to do and be truthful about that then you'll always succeed and and it's about just taking a step back and if you do get knockbacks don't let them override your overall goals and ambitions and and keep chipping away at it keep keep going for it because eventually it does the outcome will be there and and you will be so much better for it okay and then so for you say you've really you do talks at girls schools what would your advice for any young ladies wanting to get into technology what would your advice be to them i would say if you love learning and if you if you want something that pushes you all the time and keeps keeps you on your toes then this area of the industry is, is going to be immensely enjoyable and valuable to you and i think they should go for it i think it's an exciting world and it's not just technology it's travel and lots of perks and great salaries and the future is going to always push us in that direction it's you know just as my friend predicted you know back in 1995 
there were plenty of jobs when I when I left university. In fact, I had three or four offers on the table. You'll always have opportunities here. There'll always be new technology and new and new innovations that will need your skills. You, it's going to be a fruitful career if you if you do if you're a young woman seeking roles and and figuring out what career path. There's definitely lots of opportunities in in technology, and will I think will continue to be lots of opportunities in in technology. And I think there there's also opportunity with technology that you, you can work almost anywhere. You know, I mean, not just whether you work remotely, but you can also work globally. So I think that's an amazing opportunity for for you know in a technology space. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to change topic a little bit now i've seen some of your sketches and i see you're very artistic now to me they're amazing so but i know you're writing a book now tell us a little bit more more about that yes i think i mentioned before keep chipping away at it this is a book which is going to really it's going to be a bit of a tear joke i'm afraid but it's actually a very poignant sort of topic and and it's a topic that needs a lot of awareness so my book is a novel it's written in in a memoir style and it's about a little girl who has been told her whole life has been written by her family and that she has no choice but to follow her parents plans for her it takes you on a journey through culture and a lot of the challenges that women face, um, you know, from a very early age with moving or shaping their future into their desired uh, dreams and, and objectives and, and having to turn all of that in for the face of honor and face of the family and community. I wrote it because a lot of this, this is a topic which is very close to me. My, my culture my, uh, and my uh, family were very much sort of dominated my views as a young child growing up. And it sort of talks a little bit about that, talks a little bit about my future and, and how I managed to overcome a lot of the fears of, you know, trying to live up to their expectations and, and not not trying to let them down, but uh, trying to find my own way as well and, and pursue my own dreams, really. So the book really goes into how I overcame a lot of those challenges. And, it, and it's told through, in a fictional way, it's told through one of the characters who is going through that. Okay, okay. And uh, when is the release date? The release date is in December. So I'm looking probably to announce the date fairly soon. It's not quite there yet but it will be just before christmas so hopefully watch this space so i'll be um, announcing the date of, of the actual launch so when dipper lee is very famous okay you heard it <laughs> yeah first <laughs> you you'll be the first you'll be the first one absolutely <laughs> awesome so what what brought you like was it a case of okay one day you decided i'm going to write a book or is it something that's always what was the driver behind that yeah so i i went through an arranged marriage and uh, it was pretty difficult. It was pretty challenging at the time and that experience of uh, domestic violence and quite sort of oppressive ideas of how I should live my life put me through a lot of trauma and I had to find a way of dealing with that and I I started dealing with it by journaling and after I left my then husband I started to write every day and before I knew it 
um, looking back at it now, I had about perhaps 40,000, 50,000 words in this journal and looked at this and I said, wow, I, I can't believe I, I wrote all this information. And I just said, you know what, I've overcome this challenge. Being a woman that was educated and pushed my way through education, pushed my way through out of the hands of a, an abuser. And here I am standing here very happily happily married now and you know with two lovely boys i know that this type of people around the world are experiencing the same thing in fact in most countries 20 to 50% of women have reported physical violence and abuse in their in their marriages or in their relationships with their family and i and i just think gosh you know if this is the statistics and i'm one of them i i don't want this anymore i i don't want people to think that this is okay and this this should continue on and I, and I wanted to write because I wanted to give women reading the book a way out because when you're in that situation you you feel there isn't a way out there is no no way you can leave and and you can't get out of this easily and so the book really is a platform for being able to one tell people that look you do have a choice. There is choice. Uh, th- there's never no choice. There are always choices and help them, guide them through my experience to be able to help them with theirs and, and help them deal with theirs. So hopefully um, when the book comes out, it will really drive that message to to women all over the world and, and hope that they will never live in fear and never feel that you know they don't have a choice, that there is ways in which they can improve their life and and uh, their safety amazing amazing uh, well i wish you all the best of luck with that i'm looking forward to see, seeing how that goes so you obviously like writing what do you like reading i i read all the time in fact i, I probably read at least one one book a week I, I read a whole spectrum of things i read career related books i also read sort of help books i like gary zukov for example i like a lot of Seth Godin books. I like a lot of the sort of leadership um, related books as well. I also like literature. Uh, so I'm a great fan of George Orwell. Uh, there's a whole plethora of books. In fact, I can't even name some of the greatest ones could be the likes of Khalid Husseini, The Kite Runner, for example. That's one of my all time favorites. And I've probably read that three or four times. There's a whole lot of books. Uh, and the reason why I like reading oh, all types of genre is because I always find there's lots of different ways in which you can tell a story and lots of different voices can be heard in in the way the authors write so for me it's it's always interesting and inspiring when I read books and I go huh this is how they described it Hmm, this is the words they used so um, when you read a a spectrum you can really get a a good feel for you know I'm I'm learning from it as well as enjoying it I'm I'm learning from these great writers it's always interesting obviously the book is next for you what what else is next for you where do you think you're going next is there anything Uh, so many things I mean the book definitely is something that has taken me 14 years to write it's been like a a friend that just keeps wishing whispering in my ear and telling me, come on, come on, you've got to do it, you've got to do it, you've got to do it, you've got to finish this, you've got to finish this. So I'm glad that I can put the book, you know, in a place where it belongs, you know, uploaded somewhere, you know, on the internet, you know, for everybody to, to read and, and really, under, you know, understand, take away something from it, I should say. But um, I think the new year would be, focus a little bit about the book also, 
perhaps even start writing a, another book. But also in terms of projects and technology-wise in my career, in, in my bread and butter career, looking more at cybersecurity, you know, still pursuing that, I still think there's a lot of really interesting uh, solutions out there that will help and address businesses. Uh, I'll be interested to get involved in those and interesting to learn more about, um, you know, what new technologies uh, are available for small customers as well as large ones. And yeah, see see what kind of roles come up in the new year. Um, so it'll be sort of twofold, really. One thing I always live by is, so it's like my mantra, if you like, which is to be loving creative and inspirational and I and I use that in everything that I do so that's from drawing which I think you may have seen a few of my drawings and my writing and in my career you know in IT and technology and I feel when I live by those words and I'm addressing each one am I living am I being loving in what I do am I doing it passionately am I being creative in what I'm doing am I providing new solutions and looking more laterally and creatively at things and if I'm in in a way, you know, providing an outcome which is inspirational, then I feel fulfilled. So I'm sure that whatever the new year brings and whatever n- next is on my on on the horizons for me will always be filled with um, those three words: loving, creative, and inspirational. So hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, watch this space. Dipper, it's been great. This is actually officially our first video podcast. Thank you for your time. I know it's very late on your side, so um, I hope you've enjoyed the process. Appreciate it, Ernest. Thank you. It's been wonderful to chat to you too. And yeah, I look forward to speaking to you more. Thank you for listening to the Tech Leaders Talk Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us by rating the show on your favourite podcast platform. If you do, send a screenshot to our host, Ernst Pauser, on LinkedIn for a shout out in the next episode. Please reach out if you have any feedback or questions.